Let's turn to the Word of God, please. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Luke's Gospel. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. We're just going to lift one verse. Just the one verse this morning. But keep your Bible open, please. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, please. And the one verse is verse 23. Luke 9, verse 23. The Lord Jesus is the speaker. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Let's just read that verse again. Verse 23. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We know the Lord will bless that uh, short but uh, wonderful reading in his own precious and inspired word. But let's just bow where we are in a word of prayer. Eternal Father, we thank you again for bringing so many people into this drive-in this morning. We can truly say over these months and almost coming and encroaching onto a year now we've been here that we can say this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. We can say, Lord, that all these things are of you because in your sovereign will and in your sovereign power and glory, you, Lord, have ordained these things. So we give you the praise this morning, Lord. We thank you for the souls, Lord, that have been saved and backsliders restored. We pray, Father, that you would continue to move and to speak in your sovereign will and ability this morning again. Lord, would you challenge your people? Lord, would you comfort those that need comforted and bless those, Lord, who have come this morning. And Lord, will you encourage each and every one of them. Lord, we pray, even if there is one who has come this morning, who has not yet come to saving faith in your Son, the Lord Jesus. This morning, Lord, even as we speak mainly to God's people, may the gospel of saving grace, Lord, may that be sounded in their ears this morning. <clears throat> and may you glorify your own precious name. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Lord, remember those who are at home. Lord, would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Those who are ill, would you heal them? And Lord, would you just, Lord, move, Lord, wherever they are, whether they're watching live or later or in this place. Bless the Turkington family for their help, Lord, to, throughout this time to enable us to do these things. And Lord, encourage them for your name's sake, we ask it. Glorify your son this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, if my voice seems to be going, it's not sore. It's the cold. Just It seems to seize from every now and again. I will be okay. And when I get into the heat again, my voice is back to normal. So just bear with me if it goes like that uh, this morning. The Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 9 here, he's speaking to a group of people, a, a crowd. The Pharisees are there, the Sadducees, his disciples are there. There's a different variety of people who are here when he's speaking in this narrative of God's word. And this morning, the, we have just simply uh, entitled the, this message, The Cost of Following Christ. <clears throat> the Cost of Following Christ. People think nowadays, especially with the social media being so easily to look up 
YouTube videos and you know and many of them are good and some of them are worth the watch depending on who and what it is and maybe even on the Christian channels it tends to be in the Christian circles today that it's prosperity and blessing and everything is okay and everything will be fine in the sense where if you're not prosperous then something is wrong with you you're not claiming the promised blessings of the Lord and all those things that are are going on out there all manner of of teaching that is not true that is not scriptural that is not in God's word yes God blesses his people yes God may prosper his people but we think of those who have come through the time of of the the New Testament birthing the the church as it were in the book of Acts right through to this moment and those who have been poor and needy yet loved Christ served Christ and followed him and they are blessed by him spiritually yes there are those with great financial blessings or those with uh, everything that they need and God bless them and God uses them for his glory but listen brother listen sister this morning following Christ is not easy you think you never have a trouble a worry nor a care according to some people when you give your life to Christ it's as though we waft to heaven and through this life onto glory in a hand basket it's as though the hearts and the flowers are falling around us and we have that image of the white picketed fence and the little bell is ringing where all the lovely little children run the church and everyone is wonderful everything is beautiful and all things are magnificent and that is not the case in the Christian life the Christian life is likened on to you and I warring like a soldier a good soldier of Christ the Christian life is likened unto even a, a wrestler where we are to wrestle wrestle with spiritual powers and principalities in the heavenly places in prayer in worship in discipleship disciplined and walking with Christ and so were those who come with the idea that everything would be great and there'd be no problems or troubles or sickness or anything would beset us friend you've been sold a lie and the Lord Jesus Christ never once, never once told anyone who listened to him that the life would be an easy life, that the Christian life would be plain sailing and there would be no troubles whatsoever. Never once did our Savior tell us that. In fact, here in our reading this morning in one short verse, he says, verse 23, if any man will come after me, let him, notice, deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, when I read those scriptures, I know then that there will be tribulation in this world. But Christ has said that we would have tribulation in this world. But he also said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so in Christ we are, we are blessed, 
spiritually. We prosper in in our soul because we know uh, that whatever happens in this life, in this world, no matter what goes on and the trials, the troubles and all of those things that doth so easily beset us, we are assured that through it all, He has overcome them. And we in Him are overcomers. That He will neither leave us nor forsake us. And through all of our trials, and through all of our troubles, and through all of the things that come against us, that He is for us, And not against us. He says that he is with us whithersoever we go. But he calls us to discipleship. He calls us to servanthood. And he calls us to be strong. And to go on with him. Believing in him. And trusting in him. Brothers and sisters things might be hard. As your faces differ. So do your needs this morning. I don't know them, but be assured that your Savior does. That your Savior is not only with you, but he's in you, in the power and person of the Holy Spirit. And there he has given us the ability to go on. Listen, perseverance of the saints is not so much as that we are so strong. Yes, we persevere. But the perseverance of the saints is really the preservation of the Holy Spirit in us. The perseverance of the saints is the preservation of the Holy Ghost in us. And he gives us the strength, the grace, the ability, the unction to go on serving, following, trusting in the Savior. This morning, just for a a few moments, we want to look at this one verse. And in it, I want to have three short points. The first point is the proclamation of Christ. The proclamation of Christ. Secondly, there is the program of the disciples. The program of the disciples. And thirdly, there is the process. Of our walk with him. The process of our walk with him. Here is the proclamation. Very straight. Very plain. And very clear to us this morning. Luke 9 verse 23. And he the Lord Jesus. Said unto them all. Notice this. He said unto everyone. That was there. The Pharisees were there. The Sadducees are there. Their scribes are there. The ordinary people are there. His disciples are there. So he says to them all, notice here is his proclamation. If any man will come after me. Notice he says to them all, then he says any. So the proclamation goes to the whole crowd. In other words, the word goes to all of them. It's as though even this morning we're here. And the word goes out to all of you, but how many will take it in? Is there any that will listen? Is there any that will adhere? Is there someone unsaved as we would preach week after week and we preach the unsearchable riches of Christ? 
and we preach it to the mass, the whole people. But God will speak to a heart here, and he will speak to a heart there. And those who will hear and receive will be saved. And there will be those who will be dead in their trespasses and in their sins. And they will still go away from this place without knowing the Savior. But I wonder, believer, this morning, are you one of the any when the word goes out to all of his people to comfort you, to strengthen you? Will you take it on board? Will you listen this morning? If he challenges you, will you say, Lord, even if you are feeling uneasy with it, even if you don't like it, but you've heard it, will you take it? Even if you say, Lord, I don't want this happening. I don't want to lay down my life for you. Yet may the word of God reach hearts this morning. The proclamation of Christ, he preached to them all. He preached to every one of them. Secondly, quickly, we will look, and this is our biggest point, at the program for the disciples. The program to the disciples. When Christ has his proclamation, he says in John 10 and verse 27, my sheep, notice his own, his own people. So there are those who were not his sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice. There are the any, they are the ones who hear his voice. The ones whom he has quickened. We'll look at it in a second as we go into the program of it. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. Listen, and they, the sheep who hear, those who are Christ, they follow me. Or many of you think that they'll walk up an aisle and look, I'm not against altar calls because I was saved in one. But there are those who walk up an aisle or put up a hand or say a little prayer and they think that's it and it's all done. Friend, there's a, there's a dying to self. There's a, a carrying off a cross. There's a, a going on with Christ. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So they are the any who will enter into the program of the disciples. Notice here also, in this proclamation, get into the program of it. In Matthew 22, the Lord Jesus speaking, he says, many are called, but few are chosen. It's the same as he preached to them all. And many hear the word of God. Many listen to the word of God. Street preachers, maybe online, in a gospel meeting, in a mission, in your workplace, among your colleague, work colleagues, and maybe they all hear and many laugh and walk away. They're, they're called, does anybody want to get saved? Does anybody want to listen, hear the word of God? And they walk away. But the few are chosen, and those whom God has spoken to and quickened by his sovereign grace through the Holy Spirit, they are those who are my sheep, they hear my voice. And Christ says, and I know them. 
I know that I mean no Jew sheep this morning. God's sheep people, his sheeple, hear his voice and follow him. And he knows every one of you. Chosen of God through electing love. Oh, what glory. What power. What might this morning. I pray this morning, believer. I pray that you will find strength in that this morning. That before there was a sinner on the earth in Adam. There was a Savior in heaven. And he knew you. And he came not hoping you'd get saved. He came to save you. He came knowing that you were his. Notice this. Many are called, but few are chosen. Listen to what the apostle says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you hath he quickened. That is, and you hath he the Holy Spirit quickened. God is quickened. The word quickened is a word zapoyo. And it means to make alive again. It means to reanimate. We think of Adam with his animation before his sin bringing forth death in the garden. Adam, there he is walking with the Lord in the cool of the day, hearing the voice of God. He was alive. God had breathed into the nostrils of Adam man and Adam became a living nefesh a living soul he was alive unto God and when he sinned sin brought forth death yes physical death came and it took its process of time but spiritual death came and when spiritual death came when Adam died we died because when Adam sinned we sinned And there we were separated from God until Christ came to reconcile us back into God. Notice this. And you hath he quickened, Paul says. You, he says, who are a believer, hath he made alive again. Dead in Adam. Alive in Christ. It's like when you watch the cartoon and there's the animation they do a drawing and another one and another one and the hand moves and the leg moves and when it's put together that which is standing still starts to look as if it's walking alive that's animation Paul uses this word that gives us the idea of reanimation you died in Adam separated from God forever but in Christ the Holy Spirit quickens us makes us alive to behold the Lamb of God. And there we are drawn to the Savior. Oh, friend, and we call upon the name of the Lord and we've been saved. And you see in that, Paul is saying, and you, he made alive. He quickened and he reanimated, dead like a little man, as it were, cartoon stick man. But all of a sudden, we start to move like the animation again. We were reanimated in Christ. And now, believer, you know why you're here this morning. You're weak in faith. You're weak in strength. 
You may have come through a lot of trouble and you're wondering, am I ever going to make it? Will I ever get through it? Friend, I can tell you, brother, sister, listen. You're here this morning because the Spirit in you is the Holy Ghost. And He has given you the will, the desire, the want to be here even in a car. Even in a car park. Sitting in this cold. Coming here to sing in a car. And He's given you the very desire. He's given you the very will. And He has given you the very want to be here for all things are of Him. And to all things will we glorify Him. Friend, I tell you, you're not here by an accident this morning. Divine providence and the sovereign will of God has overcome your fleshy mind and our fleshy hearts. Oh, Christian, take strength this morning that God loves you so much that He got you out of bed. He loves you so much that He gave you a desire to be here. And God loves you and He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And you hath He quickened who were dead. Notice, who were dead. If you're not saved, you're dead and separated from God. If you're not saved, you're dead in your trespasses and in your sins. And you, if you die physically like this, your spiritual death now will continue into eternity and you will be separated from God forever. Oh, but God hath brought you this morning that you'll hear the word of the Lord. For my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Paul said. And he tells them how they lived according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The word according is the word kata. And it means to press down with dominance. You lived according. I used to live according. Glenn used to live according to the prince of the power of the world. The power of the air here. Oh, the old devil had a dominance in our lives. The old devil had dominance over your heart and over your mind and over your thinking. And you're dead. You're very deathly. Members of your body could do nothing but rot away until we enter the grave and take of the things of the world and love the pleasures and the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Oh, how depraved we were. But God came and quickened you. Quickened you. He quickened you, Christian. Oh, irresistible grace. Irresistible grace drew you to a wonderful Christ. If that doesn't cheer you this morning, friend, I don't know what will. I can tell you nice little stories and I can try and flower things up for you. But I can tell you something else. I can tell you that in this word, in the word of God, this is where your strength is. This is where our hope is. This is where glory is in the word of God. 
Oh friend, the world had domination over us. And this morning, the very desire, everything in us was against him. Everything in us was at enmity with him. We were enemies of God. Everything in our flesh wants to lie in bed, wants to not get up and wants to do other things. But it is the Holy Ghost in you who brings you here this morning. Friend, rejoice. You may be weak. Your faith might be little and it might be small. But I can tell you this according to this word. With a little faith, the grain, the size of a mustard seed. Maybe working in your heart this morning. All breathed on by the Spirit of God. He has brought you because He loves you this morning. Let's rejoice and be glad in Him this morning. So the proclamation goes out the wall. But I wonder if there's any that will receive it. If there's any that will receive it. In John 6 and 44, listen. The Lord Jesus says, No man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him. We could never come to him. Never. Oh, but for the drawing of God. He drew us and he leads us on. So the proclamation into the program is this. And I have to move quickly. Notice this. The Lord Jesus says in Luke 9 and verse 23. Luke 9 verse 23. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Today it's follow your heart. Today it's love yourself. That's all we hear in Christian circles. Not alone the world. You know what the Bible says? The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. And the Lord says, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and I try the reins. That's what the Bible says about our heart. And yet, we're told here to deny ourselves. When the Lord says here to deny ourselves, it means to forget oneself. To forget oneself. To lose sight of oneself. That's a hard one, isn't it? How do you lose sight of yourself when you're within yourself? It gives the idea to disown or to deny completely. And the Master says, if any man wants to come, follow him. Oh, friends, see when we say, Lord, I want to follow you. That's a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous thing because you'll be tried on it. You'll be tested in it. God will put his finger, as it were, on the loves of our life that we must deny ourselves of. He'll put the comforts of our life that maybe the things we've allowed in our life. You want to follow me? What about this? Leave it down and put it behind you. Or give it over to me and our hearts love it so much and our, our old man and our old woman hold on to it. Let a man deny himself. Let a man forget himself. A woman forget herself. 
Let us lose sight of ourselves. Oh, if we lose sight of ourselves, then our eyes will be fixed on Him. Lose sight of ourselves and our eyes will be fixed on Christ. And I can tell you, the more we deny ourselves, the more blessing comes because we are not trusting, we're not hoping, and we're not looking on anyone or anything else. But our all and all is found in the Savior. He alone who is able to meet the need and to take us to glory. Note this. Let him deny himself. In Matthew 10 and 33, the Lord Jesus says, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. In other words, it's the same word here for a man denying himself. If we, if a man denies Christ in this life, a woman denies Christ in this life, in other words, if a man or a woman reject him who aren't saved, if a man or a woman forget all about him, if a man or a woman lose sight of him and put him out of their sight and live life without him, if they disown him, it's the exact same words in Peter. Uh, Peter says in John 18, says that he denies him. Peter lost sight of Christ. Peter denied Christ three times. I don't know the man. I know him not. The exact same way if someone unsaved says, I don't want this Christ. I reject this Christ. Then the proclamation is went to you, but you're not one of the many, nor either you of the any. If you die without Christ, you will spend eternity without Christ. So this is the, the proclamation and the program is to deny ourselves and to give all for the Lord Jesus Christ. Second part of the program is this. He says, and take up his cross daily. Notice here, take up his cross daily. Now, in the year 2021, we don't really have a, a real idea what this meant at the day when Christ was saying it. But everyone there knew exactly what it meant. They had viewed crucifixions before. They had few, viewed the pain and the suffering of this torturous implement used by Rome. They had seen it. They had seen the gore and the blood and the pain and the agony. And when they seen a man carrying a cross or a cross beam out to a place of crucifixion, they knew something. One was this, that that man was never coming back again. That criminal who carried the cross would never have been free to do another crime again. And they knew that this was, as it were, a one-way ticket. There was no return again. So they carried the cross. 
The criminals gone up to be nailed to a tree. They knew these were dead men walking. When I think of the Savior who carried the cross down the Via Dolorosa, down the sorrowful way there, I think of the Savior going through the streets of Jerusalem carrying his cross. They knew, they thought they knew that he would never be coming back again. Everyone that's seen it thought it was, as it were, this so-called criminal, the accursed of God, hanging on a tree, that this was his one-way ticket. They would never see him again. And every single criminal that was crucified and was accursed for heinous crimes on these crosses, they never came back again. But I can tell you, friend, on the authority of the Word of God, when Christ went on bearing His cross and was crucified and kneeled to the tree, oh, friend, I'll tell you, He came back again. He rose from the dead. He's coming back again to earth. And he says to every one of us, deny yourself. Lord, I'm afraid. Deny your fear and trust in him. Lord, I'm worried. Deny your worry and trust in him. Lord, I'm anxious. Put your anxiousness away and trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Notice friend. Here we have. Man taking his cross to follow Christ. What's the difference between the cross of Christ. And the cross he tells us to carry. I'll tell you this is the. The difference, one is this, the cross of Christ was for our salvation. He carried the cross innocently. He did no sin. He knew no sin. He was yet without sin. Yet he bore our sin in his own body on that tree. Christ's cross was for our salvation. But when he tells you and I to take up our cross daily, and follow him. It's not for our salvation. For our cross could never save us. It's for sanctification. To live right. To walk right. And to serve Christ. To live right. To walk right. And to serve Christ. Yes friend. Deny ourselves. Of everything that may be in the place of Christ. Take up our cross daily. Notice daily. This is a, a perpetual taking of the cross. This is a daily dying to self. A daily dying. Friend, listen, and we all have our worries and our fears at times. What I do is when I start to feel anything of anxiousness or worries or fear, I realize then I'm trusting in me. I want you to get that, friend. When I come into a place of perpetual worry and stress 
or fear. I have to start to think on the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, and I have to turn to the Word of God to find what He's saying to me of this situation, to fortify myself, because when I'm worried, or I'm afraid, or I get anxious, I'm realizing I'm trusting in me. But rather I need to deny myself and trust in Him. And trust in the Savior. So, Finally and quickly the process then. And follow me, He says. And follow me. Remember, He walks along the shores of Galilee. For example, in Mark 4, 19. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Here he's fulfilling Jeremiah 16 and 16. When Jehovah says, Yahweh says, unto Israel, he says, I will send forth fishers and hunters after them. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Makes me think, friend, of in our chapter in Luke chapter 9, if you'd like to just look quickly and briefly with me. Verse 57. Luke 9, verse 57. And it came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes of olds, birds of the air of nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. For this man says, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Sounds good. Sounds great. But Christ gave him no false illusions. He says, listen, even a fox's holds, the birds have nest, and the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. You still want to follow me? This man was too quick. He hadn't counted the cost. He didn't realize, you see, Salvation is free. But if you want to serve God, it costs. If you want to get close to Christ and get into His service, it costs you. It may cost you friends. I'm not talking about your own godly friends. They should be away when you're saved. I'm talking about even Christian friends who are carnal, who are dead in spirit and lifeless toward Christ. It might cost you them. Well, friend, if you really want to follow Him, deny yourself, take up your cross, and you'll find the greatest of blessings in Christ. This man was too quick. Too quick to say, I'll follow you. He had seen the miracles. Whatever miracles he had watched and the sounds of Christ's voice are majestic and beautiful as they are. Oh, I fancy this, but many people think I'll get close to Christ. But when he calls and he puts his hand on you to say to give over, friend, I can tell you, it's then the rubber hits the road. And the hearts are challenged. Do you really want it? Do you really want him? This man was too quick. 
Verse 59, and he said unto another, follow me. The first one says, I will follow you. And the second one, Jesus calls him to follow him. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thy and preach the kingdom of God. This sounds as though Jesus is very harsh here. The man's father has died. He won't let him dig a grave and bury him. But that's not what it means. It means my father is old and my father is maybe sickly. He could be alive for a day or he could be alive for another five years. Then I'll follow you, Jesus. Then I'll come after you, Jesus. But Jesus says, if you want me, if you want to be a disciple as a disciplined one, he says then, let the dead bury their dead and come and follow me. Come now. Answer today. And follow me. That's the cost, friend. You might have a circle of friends and they're, they just go along. There's no spirituality with them in the sense of there's no talk about the Savior, but maybe it's always gossip. There's no real heart passion for Christ and the Word of God. It's really all pleasure and get together and Listen, and you're yearning for more of him, friend. It might cost you to step away and to go on with him. And finally, notice this. Verse 16, Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but first let me go bid them farewell or at my home and my house. So the first man was too quick. The second man's too slow. And this man's too attached. The third one is too attached. Attached. That even the loved ones will dictate to his following of Christ. Listen, wife. Listen, husband. Listen, mother, father, grandparent, whoever it may be, whatever the relation may be at home, you may have loved ones who don't want to know about the Lord and you've witnessed and they've tried to pull you away or maybe there's even been, they've tried to stop you even get on with God. Listen, this man was saying, let me go home first and talk to my family about it. You see, friend, it's not between you, God, and your family. It's between you and the Lord. It's between you and him. And Jesus says, Do you want to follow me? Verse 62, He said unto him, No man having put his hand to the ply, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And what he's saying here is this, As a plowman might get a point up a field, to, to ply a straight furrow, maybe a tree or a mark on a wall or something, and he plays straight. He must keep his eyes ahead. But if you want to look back, what will my family think? What will my loved one think? What will this one think? My friends think. This is what he's saying, friend. You'll not be able to play a straight furrow. It's not about being saved and then lost because you've failed. That's not what this is about. It's about serving. It's about playing a straight furrow. It's about keeping your eyes focused. And go on with God in spite of the pressure. What about you this morning, Christian? Are you ready 
to go on with God. If you want to see a straight furrow, I finish this verse. It's in verse 51. And it came to pass when the time has come that he should be received up. Notice, received up means he's going to die. Notice he's going to be crucified. He's going to be nailed to that implement of torture. And when it came to pass that the time has come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And this is taken from Isaiah 50 verse 7. You can look it up later. Christ, that means he steeled. His face went like steel. Where was his focus point? Like a plowman looking to a tree or a mark. The tree that Christ was looking at was the cross. It was Calvary. Golgotha. And there he plowed with a straight plow. Plowing a furrow. That there might be seeds and fruit. That you and I might be forgiven of our sins. And he plowed a straight furrow all the way to Jerusalem. And he plowed a straight furrow all the way to Calvary's tree. My friend, there's the example for us. So we've had the proclamation. We've had the process. Pardon me, the program on the process. That's preached to all. But who are the any that will take it on board this morning? Is there any? Is there any Christian that will say, Lord, I have lived my life wrong. Or, Lord, I have allowed things to come into my heart. Listen, this comes to me first. God gave this to me about some things. Or any will say, Lord, I'll put that out of my life. Lord, I'll put this out of my life. Lord, I'll turn away from that. Lord, I'll focus more on you in this. Is there any? And is there any unsaved will say, Lord, I know you are my Savior and I need saved. Is God speaking to you? Then see us if you're not saved. See us today. And we'll talk to you about your soul's salvation.